Grant season is currently upon us and I've been spending a lot of time helping colleagues, providing feedback, providing suggestions for improving their grant proposals. And today I wanted to share a few of those practical tips uh, with you, particularly on how to make your grant proposal as compelling as possible. Now I should state that I can understand that a lot of academics are somewhat sad that they uh, feel the pressure to pitch and sell their work. I guess the point of this video is that we can do two things in parallel. One is we can continue to provide feedback and work on making the systems by which we allocate resourcing better and more appropriate and fit for purpose. But at the same time, we can provide advice and input for individuals who are working in the current system on how to maximize their chances as well. So in this video, I'm gonna go through a few components of what make for a compelling grant proposal. Obviously different grant funding schemes will have slightly different rules, but a lot of the principles I'll talk about today should be fairly universally applicable across all of these schemes. I'm gonna go through some of the components that make for a really compelling grant. You will not be able to uh, tick all of these boxes at the same time for most grants that you write, but thinking about them will be a good developmental process for refining and improving the quality of your grant nevertheless. All right, let's get into it. So the first thing you need for a compelling grant is you need an interesting and important problem that your proposed research is going to at least partially address. One of the key things to remember with problems is that not all problems are equal. First, there's the obvious. There are problems that are widely considered to be particularly important or particularly impactful, and those problems will often get priority uh, in terms of what is funded. Uh, these could be things like climate change. They could be things like defense or cybersecurity. It really depends on your particular country and the context of how your research body is set up. So there's the general importance. But what is also not equal about problems is the sense of urgency and the sense of change regarding the problem. So problems that are rapidly increasing in scope or impact are sometimes or often much more compelling to address than a problem that has been around forever and hasn't really substantially changed. If your problem exists in the research field in a set of methodologies or techniques that you're seeking to improve on, uh, an example of increasing significance and importance is that those techniques are now being relied on much more heavily in society or industry or in government and the shortcomings of those techniques which were previously tolerated are suddenly much, much more important and urgent to address. So showing when you can that the problem is growing in significance and magnitude growing quite rapidly will provide that sense of urgency and immediate relevance compared to the gazillion problems that always exist in our world today. Another way of conveying the sense of urgency is if the problem has previously had methods or mitigation measures and that for whatever reasons those mitigation measures are suddenly becoming much less effective. That conveys that the problem again is becoming more significant and our ability or means to deal with it is actually reducing, hence the need for the research that you're proposing uh, in your grant. 
Even if a problem is increasing in severity or significance, the rate at which it is increasing is also relevant to discuss in some contexts. So there are situations where a particular problem is going to demonstrably reach a critical threshold or tipping point at which point there is a runaway effect and its effects, the dramatic effects or negative effects of that problem run away very, very rapidly. Again, signifying the importance that this needs to be addressed or dealt with now. Now, a lot of the problems that you detail as context for your proposal will be known to the people assessing a proposal, at least at an intuitive level. If you work in a very niche, very specific field, you will have to spend some time explaining uh, the problem, especially if it's being assessed by non-experts. But generally speaking, the people reading uh, your proposal will have at least a vague intuition about the problem domain that you specify. The key and most important question you need to answer is a really aggressive one, but it's also a really good one for thinking about how to pitch and compose your proposal. Here is that question. If this is such an important problem, why hasn't it been solved already? And why hasn't all the resources and very talented and very driven and very passionate people who've tried to solve it not already solved it sufficiently? and why are you the person to make that breakthrough? Now that sounds like a pretty high bar to clear and you won't always be able to compellingly answer every component of that question, but at the same time, you really can't shy away from the, the key questions uh, that that statement raises. What are some of the ways that you can make the case that you and your team are uniquely equipped to deal with the problem and are likely to make some advances where those advances have not previously been made. It could be the availability of new techniques or methodologies that have only recently come onto the scene, preferably ones that you are expert in. It could be that other completely different disciplines have developed analogous methods that can be ported or adapted into the problem domain and discipline that you're proposing the grant in. It could be that there is some genuinely unique and novel combination of very different disciplines that together can meaningfully make progress where single discipline approaches have not been able to previously. Now, when you mention the words interdisciplinary or transdisciplinary or multidisciplinary, it's really important that you don't just chuck them in as buzzwords and hope that they sell themselves. You need to provide concrete, compelling evidence why a particular combination of disciplines is legitimately going to provide you with a good chance to advance the state of the art or make progress on the problem you're addressing. So you might think that if you've established that you're addressing a really compelling problem that is rapidly getting worse, that you've established that the current means for addressing that problem are clearly insufficient or are getting, becoming less relevant, and you've established that you have a methodology or approach that is genuinely novel or genu genuinely promising and likely to yield advances over what has already been done, you might think that your job is done, but there are two more key components that you should typically address both explicitly and implicitly in your proposal or pitch. The first is you've made the case for the problem, you've made the case for the approach you're proposing, 
you have not yet made the case for why you. And this is something that, depending on the rules of your scheme, can be made uh, at least implicitly the case for throughout the writing that you've already done. So in proposing the unique uh, methodology or approach, you can allude to the fact that you've spent the last five years or 10 years or 20 years working to become the world's expert in that particular approach or combination of approaches. Or if the case is that the approach relies critically on some unique multidisciplinary collaboration that you have spent a lot of time unifying or bridging those specific fields and hence are particularly well qualified to follow that approach. You need to make the case that you are and your team are one of the very best, if not the best in the world or your country to take on the approach that's already been proposed in the grant. Finally, even though a lot of these grant schemes are what you would call relatively fundamental research or basic research grant schemes, you should try and paint a picture for how if the grant is mostly successful, that's going to make for a meaningful step change in the ability of researchers or industry or government or society, whoever are your stakeholders, to address and mitigate the problem or the challenge or the opportunity that you're talking about in the proposal. Now, you don't need to say all the steps of commercialization and tech translation that you're gonna do in the proposal necessarily, especially if it's a basic research proposal, but you should paint a clear vision for how others will be able to take the advances or the techniques or the methodologies that you've created and move the dial towards actual deployed technology or actual policy changes or whatever it is that would be an eventual outcome from the research you're doing, even if you don't plan to do that specifically within this specific grant proposal. So to recap, there's really four key components. First, you need to establish and convince the reader that the problem you're addressing is really important, perhaps that it's getting even more important or significant rapidly over time. You need to convince the reviewer that your approach is timely, that it has a real chance of making a difference where a lot of great previous work has not yet made the difference that you're claiming you will make. You need to convince the readers that you and your team are particularly well positioned to execute on the proposed approach and you need to paint a vision or path for how the project, if reasonably successful, will meaningfully advance the field and will meaningfully mitigate or address the problem or opportunity that you're talking about in your proposal. That's it, that's four key elements. There are other elements, but doing a great job where you can on those four will go a long way towards making your proposal very compelling to the reader.